If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to a very special Road to Gamescom episode of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's de- dedicated Xbox show. Gamescom hasn't officially kicked off yet, but of course, Microsoft decided to get the party started a little early with that Xbox showcase. There is plenty to unpack from that. We had, what, about 80 minutes worth of content there, almost 90. So, uh, joining me to talk about that very Xbox game showcase are Destin Legary and our friend Cam Hawkins. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, how's Hello. it going? Yeah, we we came out of that a little unexpectedly. We thought maybe it would go the full 90 minutes there once it blew past the hour, but they they surprised us a little bit. But uh, I want to start, of course, with overall reactions. So uh, I went on our E3 live post show. I thought E3 was the best showcase Microsoft has ever done. It was tight. It was full of amazing games. It was well-paced. This... I did not feel the same way about. It. I thought they got they fell back into a lot of their old bad habits of just airing things out for segments for way too long for the littlest things like, with all due respect, In Exile's uh, Wasteland DLC, things like this. I, I thought uh, I, I thought this could have been a lot shorter, but there was still good stuff. So uh, before we get into that, the sort of deeper dive criticisms and the good things, Cam, let me go your way first here. Your overall thoughts. <clears throat> Yeah, I gotta echo a lot of what you said. Um, this show should have been forty-five minutes to an hour max. Um, they do, like they deep dived on games that, while I understand their first-party titles, there I feel like uh, you know, as someone who plays niche games, uh, their games. Uh, under their first party lineup that are more niche that have smaller communities that I know like want to see the love given to them, but like just the the amount of content that they're that that they were being presented with it just didn't justify a five to ten minute developer interview on it um and i think that there you know while we saw other games that got like just a short trailer made like a little bit of like general panning cameras showing the environments and things like that and a little bit of gameplay but that was the game where i was like okay where is the deep dive on this game and so um, again, there were some things that uh, were great to look at um, in this uh, showcase, but uh, overall, uh, mixed feelings. Yeah, Destin, I know we were talking uh, while the show was going, 
No, we, we're not just complaining for the sake of complaining. Uh, there were some some games that have been advertised for a long time, including recently as 2021 titles exclusive to Xbox that we still did not see here. We thought for sure this would be the time we'd finally see them. Yeah, you know, little titles like Halo Infinite that weren't <laughs> shown whatsoever. <laughs> or uh, other, other games that, like, I haven't forgotten about. Bright Memory Infinite, Crossfire X, and Scorn, you know. And you brought up a few that you've been sort of waiting to see. I am glad that we got to see a little bit more about the gunk because yes. that is one title that is, you know, going to be for a younger demographic, but I'm actually quite excited for. And uh, it was really weird. Like Forza looks great, but Psychonauts 2 comes out tomorrow and they dedicated a large portion of the show to discussing a game that's basically available to, like <laughs> right around the bend, right? Well, that, that one I would defend them on because it is a big first-party release, and it's uh, it's a game that, you know, let's be honest, Psychonauts 1 was a cult classic, and Psychonauts mm -hmm. 2, you saw it yesterday, got incredible reviews. When I looked at the end of the day, it was an 87 on Metacritic, so mm -hmm. I don't blame them at all, like, trying to get the word out on the sequel to this cult classic. It's their first big release for Double Fine since Microsoft acquired them, so I can, I can forgive that one for sure, but... Yeah, you mentioned uh, some big ones, Crossfire X, Bright Memory Infinite, Scorn. Uh, I want to throw out Exomecha was one that had jumped out at previous showcases, too. That's sort of that kind of Halo-y sci-fi shooter. And then the, the one that I was really hoping to see more of and get ideally a release date for is Echo Generation, which is that voxel adventure game that definitely jumped out to me at other uh, Xbox showcases. But... Um, let's get to some good stuff because there, as you said, Destin, there was plenty to like, and we're going to get yeah. deeper into some of these later on. Because we're, by the way, we're here for an hour. We'll, we're joining you for an hour, so it's a regular full episode of Podcast Unlocked. We're just doing it live, as Bill O'Reilly would say. So let's start with the good stuff. Uh, I want to throw to Cam uh, first on a game called Signalis. Yeah, so Signalis was one of the games, uh, they did have an indie segment where they were uh, showing all these games coming to Game Pass, I believe it was 10 games, and Signalis was the one that I think stuck out to us, and then just, you know, browsing around Twitter, everyone else was also uh, really down on this, uh, like, really uh, up on this game, and I think uh, it looks really cool, it has a really uh, interesting art style, it was kind of like a, looked like a 2D shooter, but like, uh, or, or side-scrolling shooter with like, it gave me a lot of alien vibes um, from from that franchise, and uh, a lot of really trippy uh, art cutscenes and stuff like that. It, it, it was very short, you know. They did a very short segment for each game, so there's a lot more to uh, to learn. I, I believe some previews have just uh, dropped around the bend on that game. So uh, after this, I'm definitely going to take more of a look into that one. But that was the one that definitely stood out the most, and it's coming to Game Pass, which is great. Yeah, all ten of those Game Pass. Yeah, for me, it was uh, it was I think the second or third one shown in that in that humble bundle, humble game, humble game montage. Which, by the way, a quick ethical caveat: IGN owns Humble Games, so take that for what you will. Midnight Fight Express. I thought it kind of had an old school. Uh, kind of a, a blend of a few different genres, but it reminded, it just, I don't know, it took me back to the 16-bit era, even though its visuals aren't directly, like, 16-bit kind of graphics, but kind of had a little bit of, like, uh, melee combat fighting in it, um, some sort of isometric stuff. It's just, I don't know, that that's one where, to your point about the gunk, Cam, where you wanted to, you wanted to do the five-minute deep dive on that, I could have used a deeper dive on some of these really cool yeah. indie games that are jumping right Definitely. into Game Pass 
on day one. And that, that would have been the one I would have loved to have seen more on. But at least, you know, to your point, like we can at least go out and search some more information for ourselves now. But uh, but yeah, Midnight Fight Express. I thought that looked really cool. That's now officially on my radar. Destin, uh, what else did you like out of this out of this group here? Um, yeah, I mean, Signalis was another one that really jumped out of me for from the uh, you know indie sort of I don't know what do you want to call it mo- montage. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean the the big win was definitely Forza Horizon Five. I love seeing the opening sequence, but we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Unpacking yeah. gave me stress, though. No, yeah, <laughs> like, <you're>, yeah. <laughs> I know. Part of me wishes that our mics were hot during the stream because, yeah, you you started, you almost started like I could almost hear you sweating go when yeah. when the unpacking trailer started because you just moved. It's like, wait a second, how is this? This game's probably really <laughs> mellow and calming for a lot of people, but for other people, it might have the complete opposite reaction. Um, so let's see. We've got the gunk is December. We did get a date there. Uh, yeah, I want to circle back now to Halo, guys. What? Because we've got a few minutes left in this segment before we'll we'll get into some Forza Horizon 5 stuff. How did we just watch 80, 83 minutes or so and not see a moment of Halo Infinite, which, by the way, still does not have a specific release date besides this fall? Uh, Destin, let me go right to you first on this. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a strange decision. They must be saving it for some time later in Gamescom. That is the only reasonable explanation I can think of. Otherwise, how do you have an Xbox showcase and not talk about the biggest franchise that you're working on? They just did a showcase where they talked about delaying co-op and Forge, and then they have a chance to talk about Halo Infinite and, like, sort of soften the blow right. about that Put out really the, bad the news. fire a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and they just don't do anything. It's very surprising, to say the least. Cam, are you equally shocked that we didn't get a, a, a second of Halo Infinite here? I am and I'm not um, at the same time. Because, you know, going into this uh, showcase, we were told, hey, you know, don't expect any like anything massive from from this. Like, don't expect like E3 all over again. So, you know, I tempered my expectations when it came to do, uh, when it came to uh, going into this. Yeah. Always but, a sound strategy. But, <laughs> yeah, but also this is the Xbox stream, you know, and and I think that we've seen in the past, we've seen games like have one trailer at one thing and then like another trailer in the same during the same event right. at another. So at the very least, they could have done a small trailer saying like, hey, here's a little bit more like another like campaign scene or another like some camp- campaign gameplay. And then at the end of the trailer, say see more at opening night live which is likely where halo infinite is going to be um because i understand that opening night live you know you could argue is going to have more viewers more people tuning in than the xbox gamescom stream so why not use this as an opportunity to be like hey for those watching you know for certain that halo infinite is coming and that's where we're likely going to get the release date i mean uh, we don't know for certain, obviously, but it is a possibility. That, I think, would have been the smarter move to make. Um, or even just Halo's tw- Twitter, just saying, like, hey, uh, you know, we were noticeably absent at this event, or we're going to be, but expect us at this show. Yeah, and, and I think that that would have been a better uh, strategy. And we've seen that before. Like, I feel like Battlefield did that, where they had some teaser at, at one thing and said, oh, tune into the Microsoft Xbox showcase for more. And you'll give you that sort yep. of that, that tune in reminder. 
I mean, yeah, I would have I would have loved for say a big team battle reveal of of Halo Infinite. You know, we sure. that was not part of the the first technical test, the flight. Mm-hmm. So show me big team battle. We know that they're they're going uh, doubling down to bring that back for Infinite. So uh, yeah, and and they could have done this done the whole yeah tune in tomorrow for opening night live if indeed there's more there. But it is August twenty fourth of 2021 and we still do not have a release date for Halo Infinite which is still even after the delay of campaign co-op and forge still slated for this holiday so Microsoft is rapidly running out of time to give people a release date for this thing but yeah as as you guys said hopefully later on in the week we are going to see this uh, I'm about ready to call it on Crossfire X after this <laughs> yeah and scorn right. And Bright Memory Infinite with regard to them coming out this year, which, hey, it's fine. Games are difficult to make. I'm not sitting here. I mean, we've got plenty to play this fall. But as far as any expectation that I have left for them to come out this year, which is what we've been told, that's the most recent thing we've been told. I think uh, think we can probably pretty safely call those 2022 games at this point. So uh, we've got plenty more coming up. On this live episode of Podcast Unlocked, I believe this is episode 508, although I don't have the number in front of me, so I might be wrong. It's fine. We're live. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, but there is still plenty more of Unlock's Road to Gamescom episode. Come back right here with us live in uh, just a moment. And we are back. If you're just joining us, Microsoft got the Gamescom party started early this week with a new Xbox showcase. And so we are following that right now with some special pre-Gamescom episodes of Podcast Unlocked. One episode, one hour, and we are 10 minutes in. So welcome. If you're just joining us, you missed our initial thoughts at the top. You can go back and watch it later, of course. But for now, we're going to get into the good stuff. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D VPN dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Forza Horizon 5 and Cloud Gaming on Xbox One. Let's start with Forza Horizon 5. The star of this thing, really the, the star overall of the entire Xbox year thus far, since we haven't seen a ton from Halo Infinite, really, throughout 2021 as of yet. Uh, Destin, Forza Horizon 5. You, I don't know how they do it at this point. And I say this every <laughs> time Forza Horizon comes out. When, when 2 came out, I was like, this is incredible. And then 3 came out, and I was like, how are they going to top 2? And then they did. And then especially when 4 came out, I was like... I don't know how they top three, and four is still better. And here we go again. I'm saying the same thing. Forza Horizon Five. I don't know how they top four, but five looks tremendous. What we just saw was awesome. Heck yeah, it was. So they start at the highest point on the map. They start at the Grand Caldera Volcano, and as you can see, they jump off the edge of it and they start driving through the map. This is a great way to showcase the game, all the different biomes that you can explore, and tease the player the first time that they sign in. I do believe this is the opening race. Yeah. And again, coming to Xbox Game Pass, this game has been nothing short of a graphical powerhouse for the team and for Xbox. Everybody is talking about this thing. We posted some footage of the Supra a few weeks ago where they show car customization and some of the tweaking that you can do. And like it's not even scratching the surface of everything that's going to be added. In this footage, we got to see a few of the vehicles that are being added to the game, including the cover car. And I am so stoked for Forza. I, I cannot wait to play this game. It looks stunning. Everything about it seems to be great. They're almost going into Fast and the Furious territory with these <laughs> intros. And I love it. Lean into it. Have fun with it. That's what this series is about, right? Yeah, so Cam, before I uh, I let you talk about what I know you're dying to talk about, which is that sick controller, just give me some thoughts <laughs> oh, on, the, yeah. on the game itself first. Yeah, um, I have to agree with Destin. Like, this game looks incredible, and I, I'm very particular. With, I've said it uh, during the E3 showcase. Like, I'm very particular with my racing games, um, but this made me jump into uh, Forza Horizon 4 when I saw it at E3, and I, I really enjoy it, and this is looks like a significant step up which is uh crazy knowing that they made like they made this in less time than they normally do because normally a motorsport games comes out in between horizons but uh you know we know that motors motorsports taking a break uh to work on a new uh new uh yeah, technology yeah yeah and uh so this looks absolutely stunning and just the th this is honestly a great trailer in general just to show off the if what feels like the entire like map like the entire like motorsport like the the horizon experience because you know there's just such a diversity in environments and landscapes in this game and obviously the diversity in the cars like within just like even watching uh earlier the ford bronco go down the mountain it like when it would go off jumps and land on the ground like it felt like there was weight to it like you could tell just by like yeah. playing the game you'll like feel the weight of driving that vehicle which is just so so cool 
and i just there's just so again there's just so much variety and seeing the seeing the uh the cover car was awesome because you know you got to get a sexy car in front of uh the cover of motors uh, like any forza game you know yeah. to to attract those customers yeah you know i'm really glad you brought up your experience with diving into four because of how sick the trailer looked for five at e3 because it's that that's what i always like to tell people because i feel like this is this has been changing with with each successive horizon game but especially in the beginning you know forza had this reputation of being a hardcore simulation racer which motorsport is but horizon that part of the reason i think it's amazing i think it's the best car game period just any game that's primarily cars of probably the last decade at this point because it's incredibly approachable. It is not, you don't have to be like a hardcore racing game guy who's setting tire pressures in the game and doing all these different aerodynamic mods to your car and tuning the suspension. No, you just jump in and you drive around a beautiful world that's inspired by a real place and you have a great time and it's very social. You know, it's 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 it can be competitive, but it's not, it's just like a very wholesome, beautiful thing, both online and off. And, and I've seen it. I've seen it with each successive motorsport, excuse me, with, I keep, and now I'm doing it, which with each successive horizon, you, the player counts keep going up and up and up. And the word is getting out on this series that, that it is just an incredible thing to dive into, even if you're not a hardcore car guy, which I am, but not everybody is. And like the, the Bronco, if you are a car guy, you know, the Bronco is like the hot car of 2021. And then they've got that killer AMG. Uh, as their supercar, you got to have a supercar as well. So I just love seeing the continued success of this franchise because it could not be more well-deserved. Playground is an amazingly talented group of, of people. I visited them back for Horizon 2 long, long time ago now. Okay. But All right, Cam, I've kept you. I- I've talked long enough about Horizon. So uh, the other neat thing that we got in this presentation was a new limited edition Xbox controller and you were i could almost hear you drooling yes oh my god i was because the thing is like i'm not a again i'm not a big uh forza guy but i was just like i'm always cool to look into a new limited edition controller and when they showed that off with the translucent like i'm not even a big translucent guy but it just it just pops it's just the yellow looks so good with like the the neon pink and blue It, it really is just a gorgeous controller um you know i would probably have just made everything that uh, the, the the grips black along with the or sorry white along with uh, the back that's also white just to make it all in unison yeah but outside of that like that's my only real criticism this is a very unique diverse uh, controller um, you know I don't think we've seen a controller that like just feels really special uh, since like maybe Sea of Thieves with the purple you know the purple and the glow in the dark with the with the gold tooth yes um, I don't I didn't get that one but I thought it was really cool and this one, I was just like, man, because I, I just got, I just pre-ordered the Aqua Shift one because that one looks really cool. That's a new special edition controller that they're dropping uh, at the end of the month. And but then I saw this, I'm like, I'm buying another controller. <laughs> <laughs> Though, uh, I do kind of wish that um, this is something that I hope that they do more moving forward because Xbox really likes their special controllers. I want them to do more series, uh, like more elite series special controllers. You know, we got one from uh for gears of war a long time ago yeah. and that was the only one we got and i don't know if it's because like it's just harder to make or if it didn't sell super well or whatever it may be but like i hope that like 
How many you know, controllers even if it, do you need? Even if it was for like Halo <laughs> Infinite, they just kind of took the plunge and be like, all right, here's a Halo Infinite controller. And even so, like make make it optional. Like you can get the series version right. or you can get a normal version um, because options are great. Um, and that's something that Xbox has been very much their main selling point uh, for the past recent years, just having the options to do so. So I can't wait for this controller. I'm definitely gonna pre-order it when uh, the pre-orders go up. And uh, man, looks great. Yeah, looks I, great. It, and that's the kind of crazy custom controller that you can't do in the design studio, right? So that's, yes. you know, you gotta, like, so here's, I got my, here's my design studio controller. I did it, I did an Xbox 360 replica. Whoop, there, there we go. Cause I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta dial it back to the, to the 360 days. It makes me feel good when I, uh, when I look yeah. at this controller, it brings it, me back. It's funny to hear you guys bring up the controllers because it's sort of like people who collect sneakers to me. Yeah. I, like I know Alana <laughs> used to collect controllers and Cam, you collect them too, right? And uh, I'm just like, I'll just take whatever comes in the box. That's fine. Or <laughs> and there's nothing one wrong of the elite yeah. or one of the elites. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. That controller does look good though. I'll give you that. So, uh, and the other thing I want to talk about in this segment before we uh, move on to Dying Light 2, which will that'll be our next big topic. But I think the secret possibly best thing, I mean, this was previously announced. It's not a totally new thing. But the segment on cloud gaming on the console. Uh, Destin, this is Huge. a big deal. Yeah, so basically what it means is that anybody with an original... Xbox One, the console that came out eight years ago, is going to be able to run Xbox Series X games via the cloud running on Xbox Series X hardware. So you're going to be able to play Flight Simulator on your old console. You're going to be able to play Forza Horizon 5 on your console. Uh, I guess you could play Halo Infinite if you choose to, even though that will also be coming out on the original console. It's a really smart way to integrate the cloud technology to sort of have that gap, but still support those legacy consoles like they sort of, they, they said they would be doing into the future. So I'm really happy to see this. I go to xbox.com slash play all the time to do my reward challenges for the week, you know? <laughs> and it's just, it's really, really great. If you just wanna hop in for a few minutes and play something, I love the cloud services. They're available already on, on PC and mobile. So try it hard if you want. Yeah, it's uh, it really just is. It's a competitive advantage at this point over over Sony. Not to you know make it a console war thing, but it's just such a great thing, particularly given the fact that the Series X and Series S continue to be in such high demand and short supply. There are so many gamers out there, probably plenty watching this and listening to us right now, that are actively wanting to get their hands on a new Xbox, but have been unable to do so because the supply has not been able to keep up with the demand. And so, you know, you've got Flight Simulator out now on console. It's also, yes, it's been out for a year on PC, but you need a pretty healthy PC to run it. So this holiday, when this when cloud gaming on console rolls out, those people will be able to just fire up Flight Simulator right on their Xbox One and get you know, pretty close to Series X fidelity. Obviously, you know, you might lose a little something in the translation. Cloud is never going to be as good as it running directly off of a box in your living room. But yeah. it's just really, really great to see this. And I think it's going to be a real advantage for Microsoft in the coming, in, in all of 2022 as well, because that's when we're going to start to see 
more next-gen exclusives. Flight Simulator yeah. was the first of the first-party games to be a, a total next-gen exclusive, but we are expecting more of those. Red, uh, Redfall in 2022 as well. Plus, the you know, there's a mile-long list of of things that don't quite have a release date yet. But it's just it's great to see. Uh, yeah, Cam, have you ever been able to spend any time with with cloud stuff as of yet? Obviously, on your on your mobile device, it's not on the console quite yet. Yeah, I mean, like cloud is cloud is awesome. The option that's there is fantastic. I don't really do it much because if I would use it, I would use it with mobile, and I just don't really play it on my phone. It's just not how I want to experience games. But one of the things that I also think that we should put in uh, perspective about uh, Xbox One being able to play next-gen games, or the current-gen games, you'd uh, say, on, on last-gen hardware, is that d- developers don't have to worry about developing games for Xbox One anymore. Great like, point. They can, you know, um, and also for those that have you know that for some reason have an xbox one whether it be a og xbox one an s or an x um but they just for whatever reason in their lives they can't get an xbox series x uh or s due to financials this will be able to help them carry over like through this next gen like if you know like say hypothetically like worst case scenario they they have their x their last gen console but they can't get next gen console throughout its lifespan doesn't matter. You got if you got if you got Xbox Games Pass Ultimate, right. you got cloud gaming, and you can play play a lot of the games, and that's uh, really really great. The, the best part about it for me, honestly, is the ability to just say, "Hey, I want to check out this game, but I don't want to wait to install it or just download it. it with your monthly bandwidth cap." Right? Y- yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So you just yep. you stream it for a little bit over on xbox.com slash play you get an impression of it and then you're like i want to play this on my console i don't want to deal with the the latency it's going to bridge the gap for people waiting for a console just like you said ryan or just saving up to get that next gen experience with the xbox series s or x consoles and it it's something that is only available for xbox yeah and hey and forget about the xbox.com slash play this fall be able to do it right on the console which is even better yeah all right Uh, We need to take another short break, but there is a lot more Unlocked Live still to come. And it's only the very beginning of our Gamescom coverage this week right here on IGN, so stick around. I'll be right back. Welcome back. We're still talking Xbox here, the Xbox Showcase, on a live episode of Podcast Unlocked on our pre-Gamescom coverage. Yes, this is just the pre-game. This is the tailgate party out in the stadium parking lot before Gamescom proper kicks off tomorrow so stick with IGN all week long for that uh, we got a couple of zombie games that we saw over those 80 something minutes of Xbox showcase and we'll start with the big one the big new one that is dying light 2 cam uh, I think this is a game it with the big asterisk like a huge asterisk nobody's played it yet nobody's played it yet so there's still a little like hey this looks cool but we haven't actually seen it running we haven't had it in our hands but that said, uh, I think all three of us, as we were watching and all talking, uh, this was a really impressive gameplay showcase. Yeah, the uh, the world looks great. It's supposed to take place 20 years after the events of the first game. Uh, I have yet to play the first game, but I, I bought the Platinum Edition recently. I plan on playing it before Dying Light 2 drops. Um, it really looks great. Um, the traversal looks incredible. Uh, uh, Destin mentioned it when I was thinking it when we were watching it, that like, big mirror's edge vibes and uh i i really liked how easy the parkour uh translates into directly into the combat 
as well um and just how it transfers and it, 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 it there seems to be like this kind of it feels like kind of like flow motion that this game has but in a first person perspective where everything just looks very very smooth um and i think that it was one of those things that i was worried about this game for a while because it was announced oh that grappling hook part there was so well, we'll talk about um, that more in a minute yeah, yeah that was yeah that was <laughs> this great. is my favorite um, part but yeah go ahead keep going yeah the, um we uh, worried about this game for a little bit because they first showed it off i want to say at the xbox conference in 2018 yeah um and then we didn't really hear much until this year and um uh there were some like studio things going on right um that came out in the news but i was just like man like i'm and i remember too because they added like new stuff to dying light like i want to say like a year or two after they announced dying light 2 and i was just like are you guys not working i like i know that you want to support dying light 1 still while people are waiting for dying light 2 but i was just like don't you want to get the like this game needs to come out soon like it was starting to get to the point where i was like all right where is this game like is it in a process is it in like kind of development hell where it needs to get like a reboot or like there needs to be some restructuring going on but we finally have seen it and it looks really really great granted like i'm not gonna say like i'm not saying it's gonna be the same situation but like there are other games that we that like press hasn't gotten to play leading up to launch uh that were bad situations at launch like cyberpunk last year but again like that's not i'm not trying to say that that's what this is going to be but i hope that people like in the press get to play it soon and just kind of give a state of mind on where this game is at leading up to launch in december yeah well all well said yeah i'm glad you mentioned mirror's edge too because that's that's what drew me into the original dying light because i yeah. i'm like the biggest mirror's edge fan at ign I love mirror's proudly edge. one of my favorite games <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite games and it's and from the jump the the original dying light really kind of felt like a a, a marriage of mirror's edge and left for dead because uh, it's a very yeah. melee focused game and obviously with all the parkour so it's you know there's a lot to like there for me i i i didn't end up finishing dying light one but i did enjoy the the time that i spent with it and yeah there was a lot i liked in this in this one too which we'll talk about in a second but i want to go to destin first for yeah. your reaction to the that pretty impressive dying light 2 gameplay showcase so, you know, they've talked about the factions before, and I think this is our first time getting a really, really good look at how traversal is going to work. This grapple hook moment was yeah. really awesome. And I'm like, OK, I get it. You just want people to be able to move around this world quickly, fluidly and marrying the the parkour with things like the grapple hook and being able to just parachute at any time and then get where you're going. It has me a little bit more interested in Dying Light 2 than I originally was. Because if you can just move around quickly and not just fight the zombies like you would have to yeah. in the first one all the time, yep, that's kind of cool. Especially with the the emphasis on the human element that the factions are going to bring in. So if I can just get to the mission where I need to save some people, like here, you know, that's going to be more compelling to me. Because my favorite thing to do is to clear the map of all the bad factions and in my mind that's made the the video game world a better place and i always love doing that <laughs> yeah because it's i don't know about you guys but for me when i'm playing usually what happens is in the first however you know many hours of the game i'm happy to like just 
go slow and kind of fight everybody and, and mosey around. Kind of, yeah. But then eventually I, I just want to go do the missions. And so that's where I think your point comes in Destin of if you can get around really quickly, which, you know, they showed off some really cool traversal stuff. The, the, the absolute exclamation point moment that, that uh, really, I mean, I was already going to play dying light too, but the thing that got me like absolutely more interested in playing was uh, we've already showed the clip, I think a couple times, but <laughs> Not just the grapple, but right what happens right after with with slamming into that zombie and using it basically as a as a Surfboard. as a landing cushion <laughs> to go out the window. Yeah. That like if that's just a built-in mechanic that you can do whenever there's a zombie like near a ledge or a window, <laughs> I'm gonna use that all the time because that just looks fantastic. Um, so yeah, Dying Light too. It's it's been a long road for this game, as you guys hit on, and I really hope it turns out well. I, I would presume being IGN's previews editor and sort of dealing with pre-release coverage as my primary job here, if it's out in December, I suspect uh, there will probably be one chance for press to play it ahead of time and put some yeah. impressions out for everybody, and it's probably going to be in November. Like, that's just generally how these things go these days they, they tend to wait till they have a, a submission build that they've already sent off to microsoft and sony so it's like a pretty solid pretty polished build not too many bugs but i'd be happy to be pleasantly surprised and get an email tomorrow that says hey come preview come play dying light 2 in you know in early september that'd be great but i expect it's still going to be a little while before we get to play uh now while we're talking zombies we still have another zombie game to talk about, and that is State of Decay 2, which continues to live on. Uh, Destin, we got a new expansion, new content update announced, and, and the support for State of Decay 2 continues, even while State of Decay 3, to Cam's point earlier, has been announced. And, and we've heard, uh, well, really next to nothing about it so far. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see anything about State of Decay 2, to be honest. And, you know, it's good that they're continuing to support the game. Ryan, this is this is all you though. You're the State of Decay fan, so <laughs> it's true. Uh, you you should probably go first. <laughs> yeah, no, I I uh, the nature of of my job, which I believe me, I'm not complaining about, but it's such that I'm always having to really keep an eye on the next thing, the new thing, the next thing, and so uh, it's it's generally uh, tough for me to go back to a game that I played at launch uh, and and really get back into it. I mean, it's. I still have, uh, I mean, even though I don't have a physical shelf of Xbox Series or Xbox One games anymore, those are those are all 360 games behind me. It's all digital now, <laughs> but sitting at the top of my digital pile that I still want to get back into is Sea of Thieves. And we did get a little Sea of Thieves with the, the Borderlands uh, Mayhem content, but I still want to get in and play A Pirate's Life. You know, we talked Destin on the regular Unlocked, uh, last week, I think, or the week before, about how they just had uh, Rare just had their highest player count month ever for mm -hmm. Sea of Thieves, and the game's been out for three years, and that's largely on the back of the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. So, Dying Light Two is similar for me in that it's a game that uh, I pr I covered leading up to the release quite a bit. We did an IGN first month on it, and it's a game uh, I love the original very dearly. It's just sort of a, it, you know, it was kind of a very rough around the edges game, that, but just had this incredible core concept. And Dying Light 2, excuse me, State of Decay 2, uh, did, you know, it, when it first launched, it had a lot of those same 
rough around the edges issues that were less forgivable in a more well-funded sequel. But I know that through these continuous and constant content updates that Undead Labs has done, that State of Decay 2 is in a much better, more polished state now uh, than it than it ever has been. And that's always awesome to see. Cam, I don't know, have you spent any time with State of Decay either recently or when it had first come out? <clears throat> yeah, I did play um, a little bit when it first came out, but uh, I realized quickly, which I, 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 did, I didn't know going into it, um, you know, a game, a game just that is continuous, um, like State of Decay 2, really needs to grab me uh, from the get-go to keep me interested just because there's so many games nowadays and if you don't if you don't hold interest then i'm gonna move on to something else so i played a few hours i i, I liked it for what it is and it's like there's definitely uh you know a group of people which is this community that like love this game like they probably live breathe and die this game uh play continuously on a almost daily basis and i'm very happy for them uh that this uh series is still thriving that they're getting new content and that state of decay 3 is coming and uh, i'm interested in seeing like how big of an upgrade that will be to yeah. this game with it being next gen yeah that's a great point i mean it's uh it's three i think is is the the real opportunity for this franchise to take it to the next level or or never, or it's just kind of just going to be this more, you know, kind of great concept that never turns into a big breakout hit. But that said, to your point of, about about uh, the constant updates and the evolution of the game, if if anybody out there is listening to this and hasn't played State of Decay 2, go download it on Game Pass because as I said, it is in a much better state now. And it's, it's really, I think I might have said this in my original State of Decay review of the first game, it's the zombie game that I've always wanted to play. And that it's it's not really about the zombies as much. It's about the survivors. You're recruiting these AI, you know, these human AI companions to build a community with. And there are emotional dynamics. And there's, you've got to get, you know, you've got to deal with food and medicine and, and your shelter and, and uh, defending your base. And it's really kind of a, kind of a role-playing game. Actually, I think more than, you know, because when you first look at it, it just looks like, oh, this is an open world zombie game. Like I've seen a million of these. It is not at all like those games at all. There's really a, a systemic element to it that makes it completely unique and really unlike any other zombie game out there. And I, de I absolutely encourage anybody that has not played State of Decay to go out and give it a try. It's also available on uh, the cloud, Ryan. So yes. if you just want to try the intro, it's one of those games where I don't think you need perfect timing on all of your inputs. So if you're worried about input delay or anything like that, playing it on the cloud is a really, really good way to hop in, give it a chance. And then if you want to play more, download, download the full game. Well said. Absolutely. Uh, well, our hour is flying by, but we are not quite done yet. We've still got one more segment to go, plenty more to chat about before we roll out and sign off. So we'll do that right after this short little break. And we are back. Uh, probably the other big highlight in a game that Microsoft certainly spent a lot of time on in that extended Gamescom Xbox showcase was Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is a game that IGN gave a 10 out of 10 to, well-deserved. It is an incredible technological achievement and Destin, uh, content-wise, 
It's been out for a year on PC. It's been out for almost a month on the Series S and X. And there's just so much going into this game. And we got a actually a pretty large sampling of all the stuff that they're adding uh, at this showcase event. Yeah, they talked about the, the September 7th World Update 6 update that is going to be released soon. Uh, that'll enhance Germany, Austria, and Switzerland to look better. And the footage that we're looking at right now is all about their local legend series. And this is a 1930s plane. I can't remember the specific name of it, but they did a full scan of the outside and inside of the plane. They worked with the original creator's grandson, and they yeah. also worked with pilots who actually flew the plane to get the feel of the aircraft correct, to get the the look and sound of it correct. And putting all of that attention to detail into something like this is something Flight Simulator fans just absolutely love there's a there's dedicated creators out there who actually make very specific assets for the game that add them to the store that's totally a se separate from a sobo and here's a sobo doing a bunch of content for the game a lot of it of which is just free updates so we got the the local legend series we got the um what else did we get we got an update about maverick they yes. don't have a they don't have a date yet but um, that's coming later this year with the movie. Um, and then what else did they talk about? The helicopter. They showcased oh, yeah. the, the helicopter. Volocopter. Yeah, but probably the cool that's in November, the helicopter. But then the coolest thing was the Rara partnership or the Reno Air Races partnership. Uh, they said that these are the fast. It's the fastest motorsport on Earth. It's coming fall 2021. One of the largest expansions they've had. And it's basically competitive multiplayer racing coming to Flight Simulator this fall. They're they're supporting this game with an incredible amount of content. And geez, does it ever look gorgeous on the Series S, X, and of course PC? But it's really impressed people for you know a simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's it's the the, the content is uh, it just keeps flowing. It is a it is like a waterfall of content now. Cam, if if Microsoft ever starts doing custom controllers that are themed to unique planes, you're in trouble, my friend. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think I would go that that far. I wouldn't go that deep. But... What about that jacket yeah, the... though? Oh, the jacket. Yeah, the jacket that the <laughs> that the dev was wearing was uh, very very cool. Um, but yeah, this uh, this looks great, and this continues to uh, as I've been I said it during E3 I, uh, predictions. I said it. Uh, I'm gonna say it again. My, like Xbox, Microsoft, pick up a Sobo, like make them a first party studio. Like they have the talent, they have everything you need to make an incredible game, whether it be Flight Simulator or like a game like A Plague's Tale, Re Requiem that's yeah. coming out later. Like uh, there's just so, there's just so much, uh, again, like you said before, so much uh, updates and the Reno Air Races is really cool. Cause like I'm from that area and uh, you know, the air races happen every year and I like I would have my friends telling me like, oh, yeah, I'm going to the air races and things like that. And like now that I kind of see it in flight simulator, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, maybe I should go to the air races uh, <laughs> next time it's in Reno and, and, and uh, check it out. Um, but yeah, there's just so much uh, cool stuff, especially the the local legend stuff, just kind of the preservation of like uh, in case, you know, there's no longer one of these planes that exists is like hey it exists here you know yeah. it's kind of like what ubisoft does with their historical maps and and like how 
uh they helped paris like with the rebuilding of the notre dame like that's those are like cool things that uh a gaming does and uh, for, uh flight simulators continues to be great and um you know i haven't jumped in for it myself yet but uh it's it's getting more and more enticing each time they they show us something and we're still waiting for the top gun stuff too yep yeah that's sh- and that should bring i imagine that could very well have a uh a pirates of the caribbean sea of thieves like effect on flight simulator not that not that either one of those games was hurting for players but the point is that just sees a surge of players based on this awesome you know pop culture tie-in that that they're able to get so that's you got that to look forward to and uh the other thing i wanted to mention that they talked about on the stream too is competitive multiplayer is is coming to flight simulator as part of the reno air races too so it's a whole other arm to the game i mean this is clearly going to be a platform for microsoft in, in the same way that you know we're seeing a lot of of games become now but it makes a lot of sense with flight simulator because what are you going to do for a sequel like yeah we're all, we're, we all live on one earth we're not a multi-planetary <laughs> species yet so you, we can't do like the mars colony maybe maybe that'll be uh flight simulator 2 in in 2040 or something like that once we get mars built out but that's but that's what's cool and i i really like the um the the folk the regional focus on the world updates where they're where they're like going in and adding a ton more detail to these specific regions of the planet, I would imagine they're just going to keep going with that, and we'll probably get like a United States one at some point. Maybe we get you know a uh, a China one at some point for like cool like Great Wall of China and all sorts of other. There's, they, there's Australia. There's no shortage. They've done a few in the U.S. Uh, yeah. already, I believe, and they, I know oh, they good. did a few in the U.K. But uh, yeah. Also, I, I do want to hit on the Maverick thing. There is one jet in the marketplace that you can buy right now, but uh, I think it's fan-made. I don't know if that's an official Asobo asset, so I'm waiting for the Maverick DLC because I am cheap, and I want the free <laughs> aircraft. Hopefully, that's part of it, and uh, I want to be zipping around these gorgeous new locations at Mach 1. I don't know anything about airspeed, so <laughs> I hope that's right. <laughs> Destin, if a creator created a cool jet, Buy the jet. Help the you know do the, show the creator some love. This that's all that you know. That's the bottom line, my friend. You gotta you know I'll, you're you're I'll a consider creator yourself. It. Yeah, I'll I, consider it. I'm putting public pressure on you right now to buy that jet. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's 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 kind of uh, we've got like five or so minutes here left in our our live broadcast. I kind of want to pull back uh, while we're on the subject of flight simulator, but pull back to that ten thousand foot view, right? Of of Xbox and where we stand. So. It is August. It is, you know, we're knee deep in the calendar Q3. We're about to head into the big fourth quarter, big holiday season for Microsoft. And Cam, I want to go to you first. Like, how sure. do you feel about uh, about the Series X generation so far and how Microsoft is doing? And before you answer, I'll just I'll just remind you and everybody, in the last basically 30 days, we've had uh, we've got so you got Psychonauts two tomorrow. That's technically a multi-platform release since that was a crowd-funded thing before Microsoft picked them up. But still, an Xbox Game Studios release. We had Twelve Minutes, which I reviewed. I loved it. Uh, we had The Ascent, which is very good. 
We had Flight Simulator for console. We had Death's Door, a, a, an Xbox exclusive. That's uh, at like an 89 or something on Metacritic. I believe IGN gave it a 9. Like, that's the last 30 days. Like So how do you, how do you feel about both where Xbox is going and just how the Series X generation has gone so far in the first, like, nine months? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been going great. Uh, Game Pass has just continuously gotten better. Cloud has just continuously gotten better. We, like... You know, that E3 showcase was insane where we had over 20 games that are like, oh, these are all coming day one to Game Pass. And like a good amount, like the majority of them weren't even first party games. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that most of those games will come out next year. Um, so it's one of those things where it's a great start. Um, obviously, there's still um, a good length to go. And we're still waiting on Halo Infinite and seeing where where that that's at, you know, um, because things did look very promising from what we saw at E3 and um, there were positive aspects um, coming out of the tech preview. Um, but who knows, like we still, that game could still end up not hitting the mark. Um, I hope it doesn't, obviously. I hope it, I hope it's amazing. I want it to be like a game of the year contender. I want it to be potentially my game of the year. Um, and so I think it's a good start. I think that uh, it'll be, I think it'll be more interesting to see where we're at a year from now, like basically a yeah. year uh, ho come holiday, because there's a lot of things coming. And I think, um, you know, I and it's great just because I've seen people that I know that, you know, not getting like not into a, in a console war sense, but I know people that like their PlayStation is their play, uh, their place to play. That's where they like to play their games. But I know many people that are just like, Hey, I, I just want to let you know that I got a Series S, and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, you know, you got it for Game Pass, like, you know, like just for Game Pass. Like, PlayStation's still their main place to play when it comes to like AAA games, but for Game Pass, like that, the, the you know, they got that's why they got a Series S, and I'm, and that makes me very happy to see people like that, you know, primarily play on other platforms that are getting at the very least a Series S, just to just to have that. Yeah, foot in the uh, easy door. access to Game Pass. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Destin, uh, in about 90 seconds, same question to you about how do you feel about the Series X generation so far and where it's heading here in the coming months? Xbox had a really rough first year when it came to launching the console because they had to delay Halo Infinite. They have been using that time to set up for 2022 and beyond. We are at the cusp of a swath of releases, including Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite. Like, even with the delays, Halo Infinite multiplayer is a ton of fun. Forza Horizon 5, if it's as good as it looks, it might be a game of the year contender for me, and I'm not a racing guy. There's something special about this game that's resonating with a lot of people in a way that even Forza Horizon 4 didn't. I think it's going to be a big hit this year, and I'm really excited for the future of Xbox. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I'll, in fact, for the record, note, we did at IGN nominate Forza Horizon 4 for our overall game of the year. So it is that momentum for that series continues to build. And yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, it's been, you know, it's it's been a, a pretty, the, the cupboard's been pretty bare for most of the this first year. But really these, like I said, the last month, I feel like it all just, the, 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 the waterfall started to gush because I mean, really I should even back it up to June with sea of thieves, a pirate's life. Cause that was a big mm -hmm. deal. A lot of content that a ton of people loved. And then those other games that I mentioned over the last month or so, and we're heading into, uh, as you know, you guys noted forza horizon five, halo infinite, 
Uh, Sable is still in there too. That's September. We didn't see that uh, yes, at this event yeah. either. Uh, that's sort of one of those premier indie titles as well. Uh, and then heading into next year, there's the games that we've now <laughs> at the top of the show we we think are probably kicking to 2022. Scorn and uh, Bright Memory Infinite and, and a few of those other ones we listed. Plus Redfall from Arcane has been targeted oh, yeah. for summer. Like if that hits summer, that'd be a heck of a summer thing to have. Uh, and we we already have eleven eleven twenty two circled on the calendar for, of course, the newest one from Todd Howard and Bethesda Game Studios. That being Starfield. So there's just uh the the there I feel like the momentum's finally finally catching up to Microsoft, and they're they're able to really start rolling now. And and it's just been fun. Like we. We've seen uh, Unlocked has been more fun to do than ever, and uh, and I always love doing this show with you guys every week. And with that, I'm going to sign us off, but we've got Opening Night Live with Jeff Keighley tomorrow. We've got Gamescom programming live here on IGN all week. So I want to say thank you all for joining us here for what was a very special Road to Gamescom episode of Podcast Unlocked, as I've mentioned a few times. There is still a ton more in store this week. Join us tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Pacific, that's 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, for the Gamescom Opening Night Live pre-show, which is itself a pre-show for Gamescom Studio, which means today was the pre-show for the pre-show. <laughs> oh, God. All right. In any case, the next few days are going to be jam-packed with big Gamescom announcements, reveals, and all that good stuff, and IGN is where you will find it all. Cam, Destin, uh, thank you both very much for joining me once again. Uh, a big, huge thank you from all of us here at IGN to everybody watching from home or wherever you are. And we will see you all for more Gamescom fun tomorrow. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Get inspired while learning all about the unique planes of existence. Get the in-depth knowledge you need to help your combat encounters feel impactful or learn about the origins and pantheons of every race and class the game offers. No stone is left unturned as every edition of the game is explored and explained in a way that benefits players of all different levels of experience. You can expand your TTRPG horizons in a way that's as entertaining as it is educational just by listening. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app or YouTube and search for The Dungeon Cast.